the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As the Apostle Paul moves along in his treatise here in Romans, we get to the heart of what he's really talking about, the fact that he's not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Stick around. Join us. That is a real challenge, isn't it, for most of us, not being ashamed of the gospel, especially, and we all have those moments in life where we look back and go, oh man, I was pretty timid there. I I walked away when I should have been bolder. Well, today and throughout the rest of this week, we want to spend some time helping you become bold, not ashamed of the gospel. We're in Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. Let's catch up with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose and today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. How do you think Rome, as wicked as it was, went from the evil tyranny and lunacy of Nero to confessing Christ under Constantine? How did it happen? Was it because the church said, hey, we've found this new form of media? No, disciples make disciples. And the guts of the Roman Empire were eaten up and converted to Christ through discipleship. Are you skeptical of it happening again? Look at the first reason he gives us, which he actually gives us two here, but look at the first reason that Paul gives in verse 16 as to why we should not be ashamed of the gospel. The second reason is in verse 17, which I am not going to attempt to look at until the next Lord's Day. But the first reason is something even more solid and more objective than I am aware of mercy. Because we know what happens, don't we? Maybe today you'll go home, oh, I need to think about mercy. And you put your heart, and and your heart has got to be humbled, and you remember God has forgiven me. I have forgotten about all those sins, about all the things I've said and all the thoughts that I've had. And we are humbled by it and we love Jesus more. And I encourage you to go home and do that today. But let me tell you, you are in a battle and your feelings are going to go up and down even about mercy. They are going to go up and down. So... You can't build long-term boldness upon how you feel about mercy. It has got to be built on something even more solid than that. So first, notice what it says in verse 16. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Now we've got to understand something about gospel preaching. Because Paul is talking about preaching in this letter. For a parallel to this text, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. There are other ways we hear the gospel, fathers in the home, Sunday school teachers, places where we work on the internet. But Paul is talking specifically here about the preached word. 
1 Corinthians 1, 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. It's actually a present verb there in Greek. To those that are preaching, it is foolishness. But unto us which are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Now, hopefully I can make this very, very clear. What is preaching? Preaching is God's own voice. The preaching of the true gospel is God's own voice, period. There are no caveats. We can't put any caveats on this. Now, I know you're looking at me. I know you're thinking to yourself. I know people I have shared the gospel with that did not come to this salvation. So are you saying God's voice is not sometimes, that is, it is not sometimes ineffective? I'm not saying that at all, neither is Paul. Remember, sometimes God sows seeds now, and he is not going to bring to fruit until later. And sometimes, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2.16, when God sends forth his voice, sometimes his voice kills Paul said that the gospel is an aroma. It's got two fragrances. It is a fragrance of life to those whom God makes alive. And it is the smell of a graveyard to those whom that word kills. Now, why do I bring up these things? Well, every time we hear the gospel preached to us, every time dads, you've got the book opened and you're speaking of Christ in your home, that gospel is doing one of two things. It is either making alive or it is killing. Not one syllable that ever flows from God's mouth will ever fail to accomplish the purposes for which he sent it. So it's not like when we learn the right way to package it, then the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Wrong. You're sitting here today hearing me, feet of clay, and what are you hearing? It is God's gospel, and it is either bringing you closer to heaven, or it is bringing you one step closer to hell, because this is God's own voice. This is not man's voice. This is what Paul says here. It's not man's power. It's not man's wisdom. It's not man's initiative. It is all the omnipotence of God, and his word always makes alive or it always kills. But the church doesn't believe this anymore. We put too much stock in what the website looks like rather than even its content. In our culture, we have listened to too many Sprite commercials. You remember what the theme of the Sprite commercial used to be? Image is everything. Now, for some of you, that's probably before your time but I'm sure a few of you remember that you see we have forgotten something we live in God's world raindrops the sunrise Lake Tahoe everything is upheld by the power of God's word everything and in the realm of men and souls God's word heals it makes alive or it destroys and it casts down if It is not received in faith. Please turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 37. 
we have such a hard time believing this, but this is not a new thing that is hard to believe. Ezekiel needed encouragement. He lived in a dark day. It was a hopeless day for many of God's people. They were in exile. Their enemies had overrun them, and they were cut off from the worship of God. And he says in Ezekiel 37, verses 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass among them round about, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were very dry. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, Oh, Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you may come to life. I will put sinews on you, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin and put breath in you that you may come alive and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, sinews were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds of breath, and breathe on these slain, that they come to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them, and they came to life and stood on their feet in an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, those bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, our hope has perished, we are completely cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and cause you to come up and out of your graves, my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves and caused you to come up out of your graves, my people. I will put my spirit within you and you will come to life and I will place you on your land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it, declares the Lord. Nothing is more futile than to go into a cemetery and start screaming or to start preaching to all of those who are rotting in the graves. Just try it sometime. Tell them to come out. Do it all day. In fact, I would suggest you see if it can be sponsored as a ministry. I'm sure there's enough stupid people out there who will provide you with a good income to do that. So go out into the cemetery and try to do that. What will happen? Nothing. You can scream yourself hoarse and nothing will happen. God says to Ezekiel, this represents the whole house of Israel. Now he holds his explanation until the end, but I'm giving you the whole at once. He says, this is the whole house of Israel. Dead, dry, nothing in them. And I want you to go out there and I want you to preach to them. Ezekiel, hmm, okay, and he goes out, and he preaches to them, 
and bones start joining to bones, sinews, muscles, flesh. God breathes into them, and Ezekiel preaches to them again, and they stood up like a great army. Why did Ezekiel need to hear all of this? It is God's voice that makes men alive. And Paul here is thinking undoubtedly of Ezekiel 37, and he says, The preaching of the gospel is God's power unto salvation. That same power that God showed to Ezekiel all those centuries ago. It is that same power that is offered any time God's word is preached today. When it is done purely for him. Dry bones come to life when God utters his voice. So don't think, well, that can't happen here. We need something new. No, we do not. We need God to speak. We need churches to believe God's truth again and to preach it. And the dry bones will come alive, beginning with our church. Now, I think there are three specific things I want you to draw from Ezekiel 37 as it applies to Romans chapter 1. Number one. When all things seem upside down in the world, do things seem upside down today? We've got corporations, government, the military, unions, and so many others forming this unholy alliance. Men without God, society without God. You can have your little Bible readings if you want to on Sunday, but it's really archaic, it's quaint, and really we think it's potentially dangerous. Everything seems upside down. So what are we to think? What are we supposed to cling to? God's power. Nothing can stop God's power. It is the most powerful weapon in the world. We live in his world. We do not live in a world created by the United States of America We do not live in a world created by Western atheism and secularism. We live in God's world. And the Messiah is at his right hand. And his word still goes out with power from pulpits that open the Bible and preach it. From daddies who open the Bible to teach it to the families and mothers and Sunday school teachers. God's word is what shakes the heavens and the earth. That is where your faith has got to be in these times, not in political powers or politicians. All dead men are part of the valley of dead bones because they will not kiss the sun. Our only hope of salvation is that God himself will speak. And second, what is the means of his power? It is his word. Yeah, but... Look how the preachers are today. We hear of adultery and embezzlement and such things. I know that. Judge me by what I am in myself, but why you see, which is weak and cowardly, silly, uncertain, a bag of bones, a pile of dust that just happens to have breath in it right now. That's it. But you see, God wants us to judge by a different standard. 
He wants us to look at his word. He wants us to look at how he has joined his power to his word and not to judge by human measurement, but to realize that the simple speaking of Christ and him crucified in the gospel is powerful. You're not going to see lightning flashing or or earthquakes, but you have to walk by faith and realize, wait a minute, every time I speak a word for God, he never forgets where that seed is placed. Never forgets. And that seed is either going to grow up into eternal life, and you'll get to see that miracle completed one day, or you'll see the awfulness of a seed of God's word planted not in, and not embraced by faith and watching that word eat that man in hell forever. God never forgets where one seed is planted. So, beloved, speak the truth. God's word in his power is his power unto salvation. And the third thing I would call your attention to is the same thing it always is. God's will has never changed. Do you want misery to continue? Do we as a church want misery to continue? We have so much attached our wagon to the star of the United States of America as if the church in the United States are really just two sides of the same coin. Now that coin in the city of man is moth-eaten and it is rusted. But the kingdom of God And the word of God will last forever. That is pure gold. God's will has not and will never change. Why does God do things the way he does? Couldn't he just try something else? I mean, using weak preachers, using the witness of daddies. Face it. You are, here you are, dad, calling the family to family worship, but then you remember for a second there was something you wanted to watch on TV tonight. It just flashes in your mind. But you certainly can't compare TV to worship, Dad. Sure, you turn that flat screen on, and there are lots of pretty people. They've got nice stories. Everything turns out well, but there is no reference to God and his word at all. Dad, you cannot compare to that. Of course, you're sitting there with an open Bible. I'm sure most of you have seen the picture of an old man sitting at a small dinner table over his bowl of soup with a crust of bread, and he has his open Bible in front of him while he prays. That's what the kind of life conjures up to us, old men on their way out. Come on. Give us something new. Give us celebrity. Give us an athlete. Remember valley of dry bones, dead in sin, unable to save themselves. Only God's voice can make alive. And the reason God uses preaching to communicate that voice is like Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. When such weak instruments bring that about such changes in your life and my life and in societies like the church has seen in time past. Everything and everyone will know God did it. Preachers didn't do it. Our programs didn't do it. The Constitution of the United States didn't do it. God did it. 
God is the one who accomplishes great things in the valley of sin and death. Now as wonderful as all of this is, and it was for Ezekiel, it's even greater today. Because you have to understand, we live now in the age of Christ. And it is the preaching of, of this gospel of Christ that is the wisdom of God and the power of God. And who is he again? Christ is the eternal word of God. He is the Shekinah. His tabernacle is with us. In fact, we are his tabernacle. We are his dwelling place by the spirit, his living temple. And he says, and it was his hope on the cross. Read Psalm 22 this evening. Paul says in Hebrews 2.12, it's the reality now. And when the church assembles, Jesus Christ is there in its midst preaching the word of God to us right now. You might be saying, I've seen it, and I've never heard his voice. In that case, you may still be in the valley of dry bones, beloved, because faith doesn't look at self. Faith sees this is the word of God. This is the word that brings me out of my tomb, out of my sin, and out of my death. It is Christ's voice preaching he is the centerpiece of the gospel. All of the covenants of God are fulfilled in him. We need to hear his voice in preaching. Let me tell you something. Now, some of you may have a hard time believing what I'm about to tell you. But I've become more and more persuaded by this. We're looking around for the reasons for our catastrophe. Collapsing economics currencies that lose value, crazy men and women running things in Washington and California, Sacramento. And we wonder, where is all of this coming from? Maybe we need a change of men in high places. That certainly wouldn't be a bad thing. But what is the reason? I think the reason is because the voice of God is silent in this land. And there are many, many churches, however different they may be on secondary things, where the Bible is not even open. And the Bible is the sword going out of Christ's mouth. And he says that with that sword, the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. You have to understand, that's what go, what's going on in the West is not because education has failed. Oh, it has. But why has it failed? Jesus is killing it. Currencies are depreciating, manipulated. Why? It is because Jesus is manipulating and depressing them. Why is this? What did Isaiah chapter 60 verse 12 prophesy? That nation or that kingdom that does not serve you, Lord, will be utterly ground to powder. And we don't like to hear that. Yeah, you, but there, there are Christians here. Sure, there are Christians here. But that's why he is destroying. That is why in his preaching and in his teaching, yes, he is giving life to people. But he's also bringing down corrupt systems that are in rebellion against him. It doesn't happen in a day. It can happen over centuries. But understand, the reality is not Democrat, Republican, conservative, or liberal. The reality is not rural, agrarian, or urban, and suburban. 
Those are not the realities. The reality is Jesus reigns and sees all men and nations in one of two groups. Not black and white, rich and poor, smart and stupid, but as sheep and goats. My church and those who are destined to hell. The nations and men who kiss me, he says. And the nations and men that spit on my cross and would crucify me if they got half a chance. That is how Jesus sees things. And his breath goes forth. And his preaching of the gospel is his voice. Doesn't that make a huge difference when you think about someone at work? I really need to share the gospel with him. I don't know if I can. I've got a neighbor who really needs to hear about Christ, but I don't know if I can. Oh, the gospel. Remember, it's not complicated. When you share the gospel with people, you don't have to get into double predestination right at the outset. Of course not. It is Christ and him crucified. Sinners raised by sovereign mercy to do life. He did it to me. When you speak that gospel or when it's preached among God's people, Christ is preaching it. How can it fail to do what it's been called to do? Well, that's all the time we have today. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. If you'd like to review today's broadcast, we would invite you to contact us for a copy of the program. They're available for just $5. Mention today's date and we'll send a CD your way. Here's where to write to us, PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. That's in Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. Los Gatos, California, 95032 is that address. Our phone number, if you'd rather call, 408-866-5607. That's 408 866 5607. Our website is reformedheritage.org. And if you'd like to join us for worship, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. We meet at the Lone Hill Church on 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions at our website, reformedheritage.org. Or again, call 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue our studies in God's Word. Until then, May Christ be your abounding grace. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.